You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Monday, November the 23rd. Welcome in. My name is Lucas Smith, St. Louis Cardinals mega fan. It's a Mailbag Monday episode for you guys today. You guys submitted some good questions on Instagram and Twitter as well. So I appreciate the interaction there. we got a good week coming up on Locked on Cardinals this week. I'll be sure to share that throughout the show. But um, yeah, it was a good weekend for me. I hope you guys all had a good weekend as well. And uh, you know what? Let's just get right into the questions because, you know, this seems to be a time um, when, you know, when you look at the... the why baseball could be struggling on things with with fan interaction. When you look at the the free agent frenzy that ML or the NBA has had of like the first thirty some odd hours and all these players signing and all these trades happening and there are some players that didn't know what team they were on. You know, I feel for our locked on NBA hosts of uh, you know not knowing what kind of content to put out. So it's a tough situation when you have something like the NBA, which is already you know so much more popular really than the MLB have this frenzy and all this, this stuff to talk about and all this content to push out and, you know, from a podcasting perspective anyways, but from, from a sport, just all this stuff happening and all this, you know, talk being generated about your sport and different things like that. So it can be a tough time to be a baseball fan right now because we're, you know, into this off season and not a whole lot has happened. You know, the, the biggest cardinal news that has happened is that they, they acquired some 29-year-old catcher from San Francisco and they placed two of their top prospects in the 40-man roster. You know, that that might be exciting for you guys who who listen to the show daily or you know weekly or whatever however much you can and you want to know that stuff but for the average fan most of that stuff really means nothing so it, it's baseball's in a difficult spot right now and I don't think that um, it's trending in a good direction I think that we need you know I don't I don't know how to do it I'd have to put more thought into it um, but I, I just really think that there needs to be some sort of push towards you know, just more content to get out. You know, you know, maybe you you redo the bargaining agreement, you redo your your um, your model of how you do the offseason to look more like the NBA, so more things like the NBA happen. I know Jack Flaherty sent out a tweet saying, you know, something about free agency. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, a day ago he said NBA free agency started yesterday. Dot dot dot. Kind of saying they've had all these moves in a in a in a day. So it's just wild to think that, you know, all this content can be stuff talked about in NBA. So uh, thank you for submitting your questions to me today so we uh, have some more stuff to talk about. I do have stuff coming up this week that I'll share as well. But uh, let's start with a question from from Twitter, which I think is a really interesting question. Um, for, for, it's from Peter Martin at PNM314Cards. Uh, he says, how much of the Cardinals' talent situation has been about bad luck? It's only in the last three years they've made mistakes. Mo has been in the office a long time and has made great choices like in 2013. That's the roster we need to emulate again. I think there's a fair question about how much about it is luck. I mean, especially when you look at guys recently when players like Luke Voigt and Randy Rosarena go off and have career years in Tampa Bay and New York. You have guys like Randall Gritchick kind of find their stride in Toronto. And, you know, th- things like that, who's a former Cardinal that the Cardinals not gave up on because they gave I think they gave them ample chances, but I think in 2013 that's what will be one of the better Cardinal teams of this of, of the 2010s. You know, won a 90 some odd games, went to the World Series, lost in six games to the Red Sox again. Um, probably one of, one of the top teams of the century for St. 
in terms of St. Louis teams, uh, I think 2004 is definitely the, the the team of the century with with the MV3, and they also ran into a red hot Boston team. But you know, th- there's an article out right now in the Athletic that posed some interesting things actually about this question that I read before this question, um, and it, it, it was by Mark Saxon who was on who was on the uh, the, the podcast a little while ago. Um, so if you, you know, if you want to go back and listen to that, you can. He said that you know, with everything happening with Randy Rose Arena and things like that, it has made the Cardinals, or it should make the Cardinals, anyways, um, kind of reevaluate how they look at talent. Um, yeah, this was posted three or four days ago um, of how they how they look at talent, how much of that can be bad luck, because when when you look at who they've gotten. Let's just look at that Randy Rosarena trade. They gave up Rosarena, Martinez, and some catcher, and they got back Matthew Libertor. You've got to wonder, even though if they didn't think, you know, if if they thought Rosarena and Bader were on the same page, then that 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 is what it is. I guess you could make that argument in terms of potential upside. But when you look at that trade who they got back, they better be pretty pretty high on uh, on Libertor. Yeah. But but go check it out. Uh, on, on the athletic, uh, it's, it's how the Cardinals use analytics to tailor make players' offseason workouts. Um, so again, a little bit of a different answer to your question, Peter, um, in ter- when you're looking at that article. But but it is interesting to to look at the analytics side, and I think as, as much numbers to, just to kind of get some sort of a, a concrete answer on here, Peter. As much numbers as you can put in to to analytics and and to, to sabermetrics and, th- and things like that, and how useful they are because they are useful. At the end of the day. I am kind of old-fashioned. I know I'm only 20 years old, but I'm kind of old-fashioned in the sense of, you know, the the eye test is is really something that not a lot of managers can make nowadays because so much about it is analytics. And no, the eye test obviously is not 100% yay or nay because players are inconsistent. Things happen. Baseball is such a goofy sport. Is the thing. It's you know that that's why you have guys that are drafted so often that guys that are drafted super late do absolutely nothing in the major leagues. It just is what it is at some point. I know that's a cliche and some people don't like that, but, uh, you know, so a lot of this is luck, and there's only so much you can do at the end of the day you have to perform. I think that Mike Matheny and his mismanagement of the bullpen could have had something to do with it. I mean, I want to say that he got a little bit too much hate for it just because I'm not, you know, managers can only make so much of a difference. Um, but, yeah, I think a, a decent amount of that ha- has just been bad luck and things happening and uh, – it's just difficult to see that this team that was a perennial playoff team, you know, you know, within the last, you know, made it made it one time in the last four years or two times in the last five years rather. Uh, when you look look at this year as well, so uh, luck plays more part of this game than I think people want to realize. And you know, kind of going back to that NBA point of when you look so much at sabermetrics, um, it, it kind of takes away from the average fan because the NBA uses some some deep stats and some tracking things or whatever, but. You know the NBA is still much. Most of their their stats are pretty common to 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 track for the everyday man, but or the everyday they fan, excuse me. But when you look at you know weighted on base percentage and and WAR and things like this, that you know I have a tough time explaining to, to people sometimes, and you know that that underlies a different problem. So, uh, yeah, Peter, thanks for the question. I think that a, a good amount of it has just been been bad luck, and you know I'm not trying to to give the front office a, a pass saying that they they're fine, but 
but, but just for, for an example, there was a kind of a, an Instagram debate, if you will, on Instagram um, on STL Sports Central, who was on the show a couple to- uh, weeks ago, months ago now, uh, early, mid-October, um, talking about Harrison Bader and how the numbers don't lie and different things like that. And I, I just, and then another another account that I went live with a couple weeks ago posted all the, the stats um, about how, you know, unfortunate Bader is. And it's just, it was just interesting to see how people can... Um, how people can actually defend Harrison Bader, but that's a topic for another time. Most of his stats don't lie offensively, um, for the most part. Uh, slugging is about all he does well. Uh, but anyway, like I said, that's a debate for another time, and it's just an example of how when you look so much in the numbers, then you kind of get distorted. Because I don't think Harrison Bader should be a starting center fielder for the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, when you get down to it, but it's just interesting. So if you're on, if you're on Instagram, go ahead and head over to STL Sports Central um, and check out those comments and those posts, and let me know what you think. Um, but yeah, so that's all I got for, for for that question, Peter. I appreciate it. Um, we're gonna take a quick break, and then I'm gonna come back to. I got a couple of more questions popping my way on Instagram. You guys can ask some good ones, so uh, be sure to stick around and hear those answers coming up in just a moment. The new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious than before. They have six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, just to name a few, and 12 original flavors ranging from coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, to orange toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. They have nut and non-nut flavors, and each and every bar is soft and easy to chew. And the best part, in my opinion, they're covered 100% in chocolate. But just because they're covered in that delicious chocolate does not mean they're not healthy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat because they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Let's take a look at the cookies and cream bar just for a moment. You get 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Right now, there's a free cooler with purchase while supplies last, so head over to BuiltBar.com before that runs out. You can also use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. That's the highest than we've ever had it. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. So once again, thank you for everybody who asked a question, uh, whether you slid up on my Instagram story, on the Instagram story, you responded to the tweet. Uh, thank you, Peter, again, who I already answered. Uh, but, but be sure to, to keep doing that. I'll be having these more throughout the, the off season, and I'll also, um, you know, the email is always open as well. Locked on cards at gmail.com. So be sure to take advantage of that. And if you have any, you know, general comments that you don't necessarily want me to respond to, you can always leave a rating on iTunes, whether it's good, bad. Or ugly. So let's get to the Instagram responses here. We're going to start off with a little bit of a lighter question um, from Owen Dreyer. Uh, who is your favorite Cardinal of all time? Uh, th- this is a difficult one for me just because, you know, I've grown up in a, in a great era of Cardinal baseball. Uh, born in 2000, so I got to see, you know, Yachty come up a little bit later. I uh, got to see Albert Pujols, obviously, Wainwright, Chris Carpenter, who I, you know, I, I always wanted to be Chris Carpenter when I was a kid. Um, and, you know, just I remember watching him in, in game five of the 2011 National League Division Series um, outpitch Roy Halladay, the late, great Roy Halladay to 
you know, punch the Cardinals ticket to the National League Championship Series. But then, like I talked about on Friday's show, you have these all-time greats of guys like Stan the Man, who you know, who I talked about, who celebrated a birthday on on Saturday, 100, and and Bob Gibson, who also passed away recently, Lou Brock, Red Shandies, um, Ozzie Smith, you know, some of these, you know, the the, the red jacket wears. Uh, Jimmy Ballgame also in, in a more recent era in terms of just on the playing field stuff and it, it's very difficult for me of whether I want to weigh in more than I, the ones that I've watched or take into account the historical um, significance of them all and um, yeah so I think that if I had to pick one Cardinal as my favorite of all time I'd probably have to lean more towards who I've seen and who I've watched so I'm going to pick uh, Yadier Molina as my favorite Cardinal of all time, which, again, admittedly so, is probably a little bit as to why I say that the Cardinals should have should re-sign him, and that that should be a, a higher priority than I think some of you guys want it to be, which is fine. We can all disagree and still be friends, and you can still listen to the show. So thank you for Owen for that question. And then one more um, kind of a little more interesting questions on, on the fun side of things, and then uh, a transactional question. This one comes from Marissa Ituaru. Uh, dot Etoire, apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong. E T W A R O O is the last name or the the second name there. Prediction on when the next Cardinals World Series win will be. This is an interesting question and one that I'm more than happy to talk about. But it's an impossible question to. Pre- I mean, who who could have? If you'd have said five years ago that the Tampa Bay Rays were going to be in the World Series, I think people would have called you crazy. You know why? Because in 2016, they finished with a 68-94 and record, which was fifth in the American League East. Kevin Cash was still their manager. They were 15th of 15th in attendance at, Ameri- at uh, Tropicana Field in the American League. They did not have a good team. Just to say, name some players on that team. Logan Morrison was on that team. Logan Forsyth was on that team. Brad Miller was even on that team. So when you ask me, who, when the next Cardinals World Series win will be? That is almost an impossible question. It's a lovely question. It's a fun question to think about. But you just never know. Does Matthew Libertor develop into the ace that the Cardinals need to pair with Jack Flaherty for the next five to ten years? Does Andrew Kisner develop into the next Yadier Molina? Does Ivan Herrera develop into the next Yadier Molina? How good is Paul Goldschmidt going to be for the next five years of his, of his contract? What is the outfield situation like? So many of these questions that are just unanswerable at this point in time you know and and if I gave the generic answer of oh it'll be in the next 10 years then you know that that's that's a pretty generic answer I think if you would have told me that in 2001 when the Cardinals were were, you know getting back on track that would have been acceptable then as well but I would honestly see it going both ways I don't mean to cop out of the question I just can see it going both ways uh, of it being kind of a longer drought or if they get back in the next five years and it, it's it's a tough one for me to put an answer on that, just because I don't. I think a lot of it will depend on 2021, to be quite frank, of what they get from this outfield, what they get from these people that are on the fringe, and how they go about doing that business, and and how these guys develop. So, uh, I, I, you know, I don't like copping out of answers a lot, but I do think that this is kind of an unanswerable one in terms of when the next Cardinal World Series win will be. But uh, I'm going to be optimistic and say within the next eight years. So within this decade, the Cardinals will win another World Series. That's my that's my prediction. So thank you, uh, Marissa, for, for that question on Instagram. And then the next two, I got two questions that are pretty, you know, somewhat similar. Um, Gar Bear two six nine nine one five three four says, "What's the chance 
for Lindor, and what would the Cleveland want in return? And then Cardfan731 says, do the Cardinals have a chance at getting Lindor? There are so many teams with more to offer. These are both good questions, and a question that is on the Cardinals' mind a lot. I think there are still people who want or wanted Nolan Arenado to be on the Cardinals. Uh, and, and this is something I talk about a lot, and something that will be talked about a lot until he's traded. What is the Cardinals' chance for getting Francisco Lindor? I really think it's slim because of the factor of the Cardinals might not want to be giving up as many prospects as they would have. And, you know, like, like the question said, there, there are some player teams with more players, better players, better prospects to offer. And it's a nice dream, and it, he would elevate this team so much. But the chances for the St. Louis Cardinals of getting Francisco Lindor are slim because of this, the contextual situation around it, because it's a lot to give up for a question mark if you're going to get him past a year. So I just don't know if, if the Cardinals would make that trade. So And I, I just think the Cardinals' chances of getting Francisco Lindor are really pretty slim when you break it down. Um, and, and to answer that, that second question, second part of that, or the other question of what would they want in return, you know, they've talked about wanting an outfield bat. They've talked about wanting some, some you know, some major league talent mixed in with prospects. And the asking price on Lindor is going to be high. He's one of the best shortstops in the game. You can make an argument for being the best shortstop in the game, behind how, or you know, just ahead of Javier Baez, depending on how you want to make that argument. But the asking price is going to be high. They're going to want some major league talent mixed in with some prospects. Now, that's why the, the MLB.com proposed trade had Bader and O'Neal or Bader and Edmund going with with two pitching prospects. They're going to want outfield hitting and pitching prospects. Um, with the losses of Clevenger, Bauer, and Kluber within the last year or so. Um, but that's all I got for today's show. Uh, be sure to tune in tomorrow on Locked on Cardinals uh, when we are talking about um, more in-depth about what Jock Peterson could bring to the St. Louis Cardinals system. So be sure to um, fire away any questions you got there on, on Twitter. DMs are open, LO underscore Cardinals and LJ Fastball, as well as Instagram, LO underscore Cardinals, and email, LockedOnCards at gmail.com. Talking about Jock Peterson tomorrow. Um, We're getting more realistic this week in terms of looking at how the Cardinals can improve. So, thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen, and as always, stay safe, stay well, and have a great day.